0: Here's Pastor Scott. This morning in Isaiah 61 verse 1, hear the word of the Lord. The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to preach good tidings to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and to open the opening of the prison to those who are bound, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn, to console those who mourn in Zion, to give them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, that they may be called trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he may be glorified. I want to preach to you this morning from a sermon titled, Can You Spot a Good Deal When You See It? Pray with me. God, thank you for your love. Thank you for the Holy Ghost. God, I pray that you would anoint me now to say the things that you would have me to say. I pray you'd give us ears to hear your word today. Teach us what you'd have us to know. God, I pray for the hurting. I pray for the brokenhearted. I pray for the bound, God. I pray for every lost person in this room today that uh, that you would show them yourself today. And for every saved person in this room that you would draw us closer to you by your word. In Jesus' name, amen. Can you spot a good deal when you see it? I am not really a bargain shopper. My kids laugh. My kids know if the lady, when I go to Hollister and buy y'all clothes or whatever little counter we walk up to, and and they say, "Would you like to fill out this form and get thirty-five percent off your order today?" What do I tell them? Do you know why? Do you remember what why I say no? Y'all don't. Huh? I like paying more. It helps the economy. Uh, now, last time I went there, and, and that was 600 bucks and change, and they're like, I could have got $35 off or 35% off. I, after I left, I gave my standard speech, and I thought, hold on. What's 35% of 600 bucks? That's a couple hundred dollars. I might want to sign my name to that form, but I wasn't walking back in to tell them. Um, I'm not much of a bargain hunter it was just a couple of years ago uh and i don't even know why i just kept seeing what bogo 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 and uh, i'm thinking bogo what is this like a game what is this like an app what is this like what what is this doing and so i finally asked somebody and 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 they did just what uh nancy's doing right now they laughed at me and i said what is this all this talk about bogo somebody tell all, all the illiterate people in the room what is bogo i was so smart i got bargain shoppers in the room buy one and it shouldn't even be bogo it should be bog off buy one get one get one for what i want to buy one and get one free so anyway uh i don't know that much about bargain shopping but i can spot a good deal when i see it and hopefully the kids are going to be going back to school soon. I don't know how Duvals going to do it. Clay County was supposed to be starting back uh, in, in a few days, and they just voted this week to push it back for two weeks, which I think is ridiculous and silly. What's going to change in two weeks? It's going to be completely different in two weeks? I already told you all the coronavirus is going away the day after the election. It is. It is. And, and 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 whoever wins is gonna get credit for doing away with it, and I'm like, well, if it's that easy, do away with it now. But they got to keep the fear mongering up. But it, so Clay County's pushed back now to August 25th. They probably push them back to September and October. Uh, but eventually, kids are gonna go back to school. Amen. Uh, and and I want you to pray for them. Uh, back to school changes stuff, uh, changes the landscape of homes. Uh, y'all y'all know my story. My children. Uh, My wife, the mother of my children, died when they were two and four years old. Uh, So, you know, it's just the three of us. And uh, single parenting is a booger bear and raising kids, being the only one there. Uh, Thank God my kids are old now, and they help me as much as I help them. But kids are going to go back to school. Changes things a lot in the household. One of the things going back to school means back-to-school shopping. I don't even know if they've had it this year. Did they even have it? Y'all remember they used to have, like, tax-free day? Uh, That ain't tax-free day. Let me just go and help y'all. The government's still getting their chunk. They're just taking 7% off and calling it tax-free. But they're going to have all these different sales, back-to-school shopping. Uh, I'm I'm certain, without even asking, I'm sure there's some bargain hunters in this room right now. I'm sure there's somebody who, who knows how... Uh, to, to squeeze a nickel and turn it into a quarter. I know, I'm sure somebody can go shopping. I, I've heard the reports. Uh, I have. I was doing marriage counseling with a couple one time, and he was mad at her for shopping all the time, and she explained that she went out and spent $340 that past week on clothes, but she saved $740 on discounts, so they were actually up $400. He just didn't know how to do math. Don't that sound like, doesn't that sound like a woman? And she literally in her mind, she's like, no, we saved money on these shoes. Because these shoes are normally blah. And and I'm thinking, okay, your bank account was here. Did they add the $750 to the bank account and then take the money out? No, your bank account went from here to here. But I know we got some good bargain shoppers in the room. I know there's some people that know how to hunt uh, a bargain. I was riding down the road with Seth the other day, and we drove past a flea market, and he asked, because you've never been been in a flea market, have you? And so uh, he asked, Dad, is there even any good deals to be had at a flea market? Have you ever been to one? I'm like, everybody went to flea markets when I was growing up. We lived at the flea market. Our parents drop us off at the flea market. We just hang out, just just have something to do. Uh, But I grew up in a world of flea markets, yard sales, Garage sales, Walmart, Kmart, Steinmart. I don't even know if any of those places exist anymore. Uh, Walmart don't exist to me because they close at 830, and I like to go in there at 3 o'clock in the morning and look at the weirdos. All my fun has been taken out. If you think that ain't fun, I dare you. If they ever open up and go back to life as normal, I just want you to. Go to the Walmart on Field. And just right there in Middleburg, Florida, and, and get in there about three o'clock in the morning, and look at the tweakers and the crazies in there uh, with, with, with babies and two years old kids with no shoes on their feet walking on walking on tile. Uh, it's a hoot, but uh, I I don't I don't I don't get to I don't get to see that uh, anymore. But I grew up in a time where all these different stores and some of them don't even exist anymore. But people love hunting for a good bargain. They they want to see value in what they get. So I'm just wondering before I get into it t- this morning does does anybody think they can spot a good deal? See some of y'all some of y'all are just buy swamp land for $4,000 a foot. Some of y'all are just put, you know give all your money. But there are people who can spot a good deal and I'm I'm talking to people this morning that can spot a good deal when they see it. People want to know that they're getting value. They want to know what's in it for me. And and I, even I know this. One of the joys in finding a bargain is being able to tell people what a good deal you got. Right. People love that. And, and one of the things that I have seen in my lifetime is people lie. <laughs> they lie about their bargain. And they consistently, and studies have shown this, people consistently lie uh, on two purchases, two major purchases that the average homeowner ever makes, people lie consistently on both these things and they lie on one side on one and the other side on the other. What am I saying? The two biggest uh, purchases most people will make is a house and a car. And most people, studies show, lie and say they paid more for their house than they really did. Because they want you to think they're balling. But when it comes to a car people lie and say they paid less for it than they really did man I've heard people say oh man I I, I got the dealership this time man they sold me this car for seven thousand dollars below invoice they actually lost money on this car uh newsflash they never lose money they can tell you they sold it to you for 500 behind invoice there's kickback money, there's dealer incentive money, there's rebate money, uh, but people, people want that bargain. They want value, and they love telling somebody uh, when they got it. Uh, listen, a little lecture for you right now, ladies. You, 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 your female friends might enjoy this, but if you tell a man that you paid over $400 for a pair of shoes and you're bragging about the deal you got, On on these shoes, and you only you only paid three hundred ninety dollars for these eight hundred dollars shoes. Every man in the room is thinking the same thing. Steer clear of that one. (laughs) Steer wide path for that. But people love to talk about what a good deal they got. That's one of the joys in finding a bargain. You feel good about it because you felt like you got more than what you paid for you felt like you got better uh, than than what it should have cost you it's kind of like when i take the boys over to uh the ramada inn on 17 on friday or saturday night now it is super expensive and ridiculously high to go to Gigi's, and the food is bad uh it's 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 because it's buffet and you know trough food you ain't telling how long that's been sitting out and especially by saturday friday stuff's coming back out Uh, and it's it's fifty dollars a plate You go in there with three people, do that math on it. But it's all you can eat, crab legs and prime rib. And shrimp and crab uh, and and some of everything. And it's expensive, but I tell my kids every time, listen, we're going to put some damage on these people before we leave here. We're going to get our $150 out of these people. And when I leave, uh, belt notched open. Oh, you know you're eating good when you got to let the belt out. I know some of y'all in shape, people. Y'all don't understand the joy of that. You know when you see a man and a woman walk into an all-you-can-eat crab leg buffet, and they're wearing sweatpants and baggy T-shirts, they came to do damage. And we go in there, and and I I tell them, oh, you're going to get more. And and some of y'all, some of y'all don't eat crab legs because you you, you don't know good eating. But if you're eating crab legs and you bought them, oh, hey, you better get the metal fork out and you better dig out every piece. You better get, isn't that right? You get that knuckle, you get up in there and you you get every bit of it you can get out of it. No. I go to Gigi's at the Ramadi Inn in Mandarin uh, for that $50 a plate. All you can eat crab legs. If I pop that thing and the whole thing don't pull off, I throw the whole thing in the bucket. If I don't get a piece this long, that's in the trash. I ain't digging down in there. I'm not digging down in there trying to get that last little bit out. You know, if if you're a professional crab eater, you take it, you go to short and you pop that one little knuckle off and you get that curved piece. Like, anybody ever seen that curved piece? Y'all don't know about that curved piece. That's good eating. If that curved piece don't come, next. Next. You know why? Because I'm there to get my money's worth. I am there to get my money's worth. And people love to feel like they got more than what they paid for. Now, you can't get that at the Average Movie Theater. Go ahead and walk into the Average Movie Theater. Go ahead and walk into the Average Movie Theater and tell them you want uh, a bag of popcorn. And, 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 and then you look at the prices and, and you're like, uh, let me get that small for $13. <laughs> you can't feel good about that. Uh, let me get that $11 box of Raisinets. Can't feel good about that. Can I get a fifteen dollar Coke? What, man? You can, but there are bargains out there, and the joy of getting a bargain is you feel good because you feel like you got more than what you paid for. Well, I know a kingdom where you always get more out of it than what you put into it. Uh, and if there was ever a good deal to be had, uh, it is inside the kingdom of god it's christianity is something that you can be sure there's a cost to it but you're always going to get more out of it than what you put into it Uh, let's look at our text real quick and then we'll get into it in in isaiah in verse 61 that says uh the scripture says the spirit of the lord god is upon me comma now when you're reading the bible you should always pay attention to what pay attention to the punctuation. It's there to help your reading make sense. It's going to allow you to slow it down, take it in bite-sized pieces. The commas calls for pause, and it says, The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me. What a great statement. You ought to be able to rise up every morning and say, The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me. This is his promise. Jesus told his followers that I'm going to go away, but I'm going to send another to come to you. And he won't just be with you the way I've been with you. He'll be in you all the time. And the scripture says he's anointed me to preach good tidings to the poor. I I want to tell you something. There, There is good news inside the word of God. Amen. He sent me to heal the brokenhearted. I, I wish I had a broken heart o meter. Uh, y'all know I got no meter for everything. I, I like to measure stuff. I, I'd start with Carmelita. I'd just hang it on, on, her, on, on her neck, uh, on her four foot seven uh, frame. half, uh, a half. Five, five, five foot two with them nine inch heels you got on. Uh, and, and I would just check. broken hearted. Where is it at? And, and, and if I put it on everybody and I just checked you, how many of y'all know we get some, regist- we get some strong registration for brokenheartedness? Life can be hard. People do you wrong. Uh, it, 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 it's like that song. Man, I get all my theology from songs. I, I, I was telling uh, John and Joyce this week, uh, I get all my theology, not from, not from, I get some songs, I get all my theology from the Word of God. But I get some practical living from ghettoisms. Some of the best advice I got was from from old uh, people in the ghetto, and uh, every now and then, some songs make some truth. And y'all remember that old song, If Anything Ever Told the Truth About People? This song told the truth about people. They smile in your face all the time. They want to take you. What are they? backstabbers. They're back. People will stab you in the back, especially those that you didn't think would do it. And that's why so many people walking around brokenhearted. I tell the staff this, and this used to just blow blow my sister back. She came to work for the church 15 years ago. 16 years ago. And uh, she would hear me say stuff and she's like I'm just not sure I agree with that, pastor. And if she had to come to realize that the old man knew what he was talking about. Because I would tell them all the time, because people in ministry, they get disappointed. Because they're like, I just really thought sister so-and-so, I didn't know she would ever do that. And she just blah, 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 I didn't think brother so-and-so would do that. And i tell them all the time, if you start from this foundation, people stink. People are raggedy. People will stab you in the back. People will do you over. The Bible says even your best friend will sell you out for the cost of a piece of bread. The Bible says the heart is deceitfully wicked beyond all imagination. Quit putting your faith in people. Quit thinking that, oh, my, 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 my homegirl would never do me wrong. You sound like a 12-year-old girl on MySpace. Some of y'all ain't old enough to remember MySpace. Sound like a 13-year-old girl on Facebook. My friends are my life. If you don't believe me, try it. I'm thinking, okay. How much you weigh, Ava? 108 pounds. You got these 108 pound girls out there putting death threats on grown folk. Try, try one of my friends and see what I do. And then I watched that, and about a month later, Kaylee is a skank. I hate her. Well, you were just threatening to kill me for over Kaylee a month ago. Now all of a sudden, Kaylee's no good. Listen, people will break your heart, amen? So, if man, if I had my broken heart on me, I know we'd have a lot of people in here, but but, but God sends his word forth to heal the broken heart. And can three people say amen? amen. Not only that, but to proclaim liberty. The captives, and I want to tell you something you don't have to be enslaved, you don't have to be imprisoned, you don't have to have physical chains on you. There is something holding everybody in this room captive at some level. There's a bond that needs to be broken, there's a chain that needs to be destroyed, there's a yoke that you need to let the Spirit of God snap off your neck, and this word is able to do it. Not only that, but opening of the prison to those. Who are bound? That doesn't have to be fig- uh, f- that doesn't have to be um, literal. That can be a figure of speech. There are many people who are bound that aren't even behind prison walls. Verse two goes on to say to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord and the day of vengeance of our God. I want to tell you something. The Bible says that the word of God is a two-edged sword. It cuts on both sides. There's good news coming and there's bad news coming. There's salvation coming and there's judgment coming there's hell for some and there's heaven for others it says to comfort all who mourn comma now i told you read between the punctuation you see that semicolon and you see that comma and between it the 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 bible says that this word comforts all who mourn oh if i had a mourn-o-meter i just start with shannon in the back worked away all the way around and let's just see there's a lot of mourning going on right now and i'm going to tell you something uh, I am broken hearted for people who have someone sick in a hospital room right now. Uh, I remember when my sister had to go to the emergency room a couple of months ago, and they told her husband, "Yeah, you got to drop her off at the door. You can't even come in the hospital with her." And and wasn't that right? And, and and I and I told them, mm, "They're lucky I wasn't there because they they'd had to call the law on me." But I, I'm hearing about all these people, mama dying, daddy in the hospital dying. They can't even go inside. Could you imagine have somebody you love? Now I, I sat there. I was I was holding Gail's hand with my head on her chest when she took her last breath. If they had told me, oh no, you gonna have you you can't come in the building. Um, it, it, it's there's a lot of heartbreak going on in America right now. People sick. People hurting financially. People hurting emotionally there's a lot of mourning going on right now but i want to tell you something the word of god has the answer verse three says to console those who mourn in zion and then it gets into this this great deal given i want to see if you can spot uh some of this to a good deal when you see it to give them who's them uh, well, th- this is people who, who need comforting. This is people who are mourning. This is people who are captive and bound. This is to brokenhearted people. This is to everybody. It, it's a, here, here, here's some of the trade-off. Here's some of the good deal. To give them beauty for ashes. I want to tell you something. Your situation may look like death, but God can make it beautiful. To, to give them the oil of joy for mourning. The garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. I'm not gonna preach this because I got somewhere I'm I'm trying to go to today to teach you some things, but I want to tell you something. No matter how heavy your situation is, if you would just get alone with God and start praising Him, it's like taking a jacket out of a closet. You just put on that garment of praise and you start singing to God when nobody else is watching. You start lifting your hands to God when nobody else is watching. You get down on your knees and you start crying. I'm talking about real crying, I'm not talking about a tear trigger. I'm I'm talking about snot coming. (laughs) I'm talking about you get ugly crying before God. He will put a garment of praise on you for whatever uh, spirit of heaviness you have. That's a good deal right there. You give up your heaviness and you you, you get a garment of praise that they may be called the trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he may be glorified. If you don't hear anything else, hear me good this morning. God is glorified when you feel better. You missed it. God is glorified when you let him comfort you. It blesses God to be your satisfaction. God wants to be your everything, but you've got to begin to find a good deal where you see it. You've got to give up that heaviness and take on some praise. You've got to give on, give up that brokenheartedness, and you've got to take on what God has to give you in return. This morning, I want us to look at the value of truly giving your life to God because there's, there's something, uh, there's got to be something in return or nobody would do it. Now, there's only two types of people in the room today. It's not black and white. It's not young and old. It's not rich and poor. It was certainly not rich, uh, but <laughs> it, 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 it's, it's not any of the dividers that people would tell you. Spiritually in the room, there's two types of people. What are they? Saved and unsaved. You're in this room right now, you're either saved or unsaved. There's no middle ground. It's, it's, it's like being pregnant. You is or you ain't. Are you saved? Well, I, I, I'm, I'm trying to be. No, you, you are or you're not. Uh, or you're either saved or you're not. And there's two types of people in the room, saved and unsaved. And everybody in this room, saved or unsaved, we all need to give our lives completely to God. If you're saved, you need to give everything you have to the Lord. You need to give all of you, your hopes, your dreams, your desires, your goals, your ambitions. You need to be able to say, even as Jesus said, not my will, but your will be done. Not because you're some type of a sacrificial martyr who loves suffering, but because you realize God's plan is better than your plan. Because you realize he loves you more than you love yourself. He's smarter than we are. He's got the better plan for us. And if you're saved, you need to give your everything to God. And if you're here and you're not saved, you need to give your everything to God to find true salvation. Because I'm going to tell you something. It's in that middle ground that life is no good. It's in that in-between spot that there is no joy and there's only heaviness. There's only mourning. There's only uncertainty and, and insecurity. For those of you who are, who are unsaved but you want to be saved, you're in a tough spot. You, you need to just go ahead and give up and let God save you so you can quit feeling all that uncomfortableness. For those of y'all who are truly saved but you're not giving everything you have to God, you're in a tough spot too. Because I believe the most miserable person on the planet is the true Christian who ain't living right. So we all saved or unsaved in this room we need to see the value in giving our whole life to god uh there's something in return for it but there's a cost to it too the christian life is a life of sacrifice it's a life of self-denial it's a life of submission it's a life of servitude it's a life of surrender um does all that sound like a good deal yet all that sounds rough i gotta sacrifice I, i i gotta come to church on my only day off I got to give 10% of my money to God plus an offering. I, I, I got to love people that are mean to me. I got to pray for people that are pouring hater hate on me. I, I got to do all these different things. I, I got to deny myself. That, that doesn't necessarily uh, sound all great until you figure out everything that you get for it. And the Bible tells us that we should honor the Lord our God and forget not all his benefits. I believe the reason why unsaved people don't come to get saved is because they don't think that the good outweighs the bad they don't think the benefits outweigh the cost and i believe the reason why the average christian doesn't serve god with all their heart soul mind and strength is the same thing they don't believe that the benefits outweigh the cost so this morning we're going to look and see if you can spot a good deal when you see it let's think about the things that we get because you got to give up some stuff do you get that if you're really going to follow God, you're going to have to give up some stuff. And listen, the stuff you give up was stuff that you didn't need anyway. And, and some of y'all have been trying to give up stuff for years, and you think, I don't need God, I don't need church, I don't need nobody praying for me, I can do it on my own. Listen, if you could fix you, you'd already be fixed. If, if you had the power within yourself to stop doing and being uh, what you're doing and being, you'd have stopped doing and being a long time ago. But there's a cost. There's a cost. There's something to give up to get all that God has for us. Now, I want you to determine this morning, is it worth it? Is it a good deal? Let's think about the things that we get for all that we give up. Because you're going to have to give up some stuff. But let's see what we get. Number one, I get to become a child of God. Woo! That's that's enough right there. Right now, you should just be running around the church screaming, hollering, hallelujah, throwing money on the altar, praising, high-fiving everybody, not even scared of coronavirus. I get to become a child of God. Now, I don't know where you were born. I don't know what family you were born into. Um, What's that song, Rick? I ain't no senator's son. I ain't no fortunate one. What is that? Fortunate son. All the old rock stars in the room remember that. Hard rock metal heads. Uh, The guy was, who sang that? Cleans Clearwater Revival, they didn't need a revival. But the song was singing about a guy who wasn't born into a family of a senator, a guy who wasn't born into a family of nobility and wealth, and I think that's most of us. I mean, if you're a trust fund baby, for God's sake, give an offering. But I don't know what side of the tracks you were born on. Listen, uh, I was raised primarily by a single mother in between stepfathers um and you know there were times where we had you know some good stuff there were times where we lived with my mom's sister packing everybody uh all her kids and us into a tiny little thousand square foot home uh in 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 crazyville and so I wasn't born into wealth and privilege now listen I'm not here to argue white privilege with you but I think they missed me <laughs> I, 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 I'm just saying, uh, I was a latchkey kid. I I was I I was, uh, I, I, I was living living. Listen, I was the kid wa- walking up to uh, Stillwell Junior High School. Listen, they make it easy on y'all right now. If you come from a poor family, they make it easy on you right now. When 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 me and Dina had to do it, when we were going to Steelwell Junior High School, we had to take a big a card out of our pocket with big red letters on it that said free lunch. You remember that, Jimmy? And had to show it to the lunch lady. And everybody in line with you knew. Poor kid. Okay? So that that's that's my story. I, that's why I'm saying that, that whole privilege thing that missed me. I mean, I've lived in a trailer, I've lived off free lunch. Uh listen, uh at a different time for a different story, but I never knew my father. He. My parents got divorced when I was young. He was always gone anyway. Um, I never had any type of relationship with my biological father. Stepfathers were never good to me. Um, I never felt the joy of being uh, my father's child until I found true salvation. And I want to tell you something. Being a child of God is worth any price there is to pay for it. The fact. That you can do something to become a child of God is, is just phenomenal. Listen, you might, you might feel good about it. Uh, my, my kids, now, the older they get, they le- the less they believe that I'm a superhero. I already told you, my kids believed for years that I could fly. They, they got a little older. They, uh, they finally said, Dad, can you really fly? Like, Didn't I tell you I could fly, son? Of course I can fly. I could do anything. They're like, well, show me. Now i got to think quick on my feet, but I'm a little quick like that. So I said, well, here's the thing about superhero flying for pastors. It only works at night when no one's watching. So go to sleep, and I'll fly around while you sleep. Little kids, they want to believe their daddy can beat up your daddy. They want to believe that their daddy is all that. But as they get older, they start realizing, hmm. You know, and, and, and then they start wanting to put on tall shoes. My kids love to find me flat-footed uh, in my bedroom when they got on their best big heeled shoes and walk next to me and say. I'm like, there's no Nobel Prize for being taller than a man that's five foot nine and a half. Uh, but kids stop believing that their parents are great. I want to tell you something. Don't ever start, stop believing that your heavenly father is great. To be a child, you know, if you're, whoever your favorite person is, uh, if, if, you're, if your daddy was Barack, don't you think those two girls walk around chest swole saying Michelle and Barack are my parents? Don't you think they got a little swag to that realizing my daddy is Barack Obama? Uh, now, that, 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 that Trump kid, I don't know about him. I'm, I mean... I'm sure he's glad of who his dad is, but he just, he seems a little different kind of person. Um, but if your father was big and powerful and awesome, then then you you would feel, listen, I never had a dad that I felt that way about. But when I became saved and I got the realization that all I had to do was give up who I am to become a child of God. Listen, I'm not the sharpest knife in the drawer, but I know a good deal when I see it. And giving up Scott Becker to become a child of God, that's a good deal. Can somebody say Amen. John 1, 12 says, but as many as received him, to them he gave power to become the children of God, even to them that believe on his name. So here's the trade-off. Here's the good deal. I believe in his name. I receive him. I become his child. Now, is that a good deal or not? He didn't say crawl on broken glass. He didn't say cut one arm off. Now, I'm going to tell you something. Every smart person in this room, if the Bible said you got to cut off one arm to go to heaven and not go to hell forever, so that, that, hey, we're we giving that up because I'm not going to hell forever. But God didn't say I had to do any of those things. He said I just have to believe on his name. I have to believe he is who he says he is, and I get to become a child of God. That don't tickle some of y'all's fancy. You don't feel like you got a BOGO yet. You don't feel like you're in good, good deal territory. Let me get to number two. I get to become an heir of God and a joint heir with Jesus. Amen. Now, my daddy left me little to nothing when he died. I actually think that his, his, his new wife pieced me off a little bit. A tiny piece of money and a 900-year-old watch uh, from a man I never knew. Um, so, I had no real inheritance when my father died But listen, every Christian in the room, we are an heir of God. Now, I don't know. I I don't even know if Bill Gates has children, but I hope not. Does anybody know? He got. The man's 120 years old. Okay. Uh, Well, if I'm Bill Gates' child and I hear this noise he's noising about, here's Bill Gates' goal. And he's challenging all his billionaire friends to do the same thing. Bill Gates wants to give away all his money before he dies. Now, think about if you're the only child. Y'all can't think that fast? Let me help y'all with it. Your daddy's the fourth richest man in, in America. And he's talking about giving away all his money before he dies. And you're sitting there thinking, well, what's the value of being your kid? The problem is, and I did the math with my sons one time, Bill Gates, based on a nominal interest fee, I'm talking about like a 1.8% CD at his bank fee, and you know Bill Gates is making more interest than that on his money. On a nominal interest amount on his net worth, Bill Gates is making about $23 million a day just on interest. So, you know, if he don't feel like getting up and researching a charity today, Instead of giving away $21 million today, he's got to give away $42 million tomorrow. You know, if he's having a little head cold, a flu, if he just wants to lay around, go on vacation, he missed four or five days, he's up over $100 million he's trying to give away. But if I was his kid, I'd be like, well, I hope you don't give away all of it. Most of us don't have a huge inheritance coming from our natural family. But I want to tell you something. If you ever get saved for real, you you get to become an heir of God, which means he's giving you everything he has. You get to become a joint heir with Jesus. Now, here's the deal. Some of y'all wondering, uh, you know, uh, how how mom and daddy going to split it up. I've seen families fight over who got the most. In Hebrew families, the oldest son. uh, Good news for you, Seth. We're Christians, not Hebrews. The oldest son got twice as much. And the youngest son got little to nothing. I want to tell you something. Not only are we heirs with God, we're not just like a little tiny piece off to the side. We're joint heirs with Jesus. We're going to get everything that God has for us. I want to tell you something. You might not feel rich, blessed, highly favored. You 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 might not feel like your parents are going to leave you some great thing in this life. But if you are a true child of God, if you gave up who you are to get all that he has, Romans eight sixteen says this, the spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ, if indeed we suffer with him, that we may also be glorified together. Now, here's the deal. There's a little suffering going on, but there's a lot of glory going on. There's a little suffering going on, but there's a lot of inheritance going on. Now, I know some of y'all, if Bill Gates wanted to leave you all his money, you'd do any kind of suffering he asked you to do. You're like, I don't bow down to nobody. Bill Gates came in here right now and had $700 million in a a book bag and said all you got to do is is, is just kiss the ring. You'd be be like, how long? God wants to give you everything, and he's not asking you to do anything extreme to get it. He's saying believe in him. Trade who you are for who he is is i i become his child and he makes me an heir this is a great deal uh it doesn't matter what your earthly family is going to leave you it can't compare to what god is leaving you god said it's his desire to give you the kingdom he wants to bless you he wants to give you a home in heaven he wants to keep you out of the hell that we all deserve oh i know a good deal when i see it third thing i get i get to become accepted by god Now, if you haven't lived long enough and you've been sleeping through life and not paying attention, this might not grab you as a great deal right now. But if you know how little people accepted you, you'd be so thankful that God accepts you. And if you ever realize how much God accepts you, you'll care less about who don't accept you. We, we live in a cancel culture world. We live in a world where people will just throw you away for next to nothing. I already told y'all, I'm mad about Uncle Ben's. I, got, I don't even keep food in my house. I, I've got a 27-year-old box of Uncle Ben's rice in my cabinet that we just haven't thrown away. Nobody in my house knows how to make Uncle Ben's rice, but I like Uncle Ben's rice. Can't even have you come over and cook it for me because it's old and out of date. But I'm mad that they took Uncle Ben off the shelf. And, I, and I'm praying for the great-grandson. It's either the grandson or the great-grandson. I already told you all about Aunt Jemima. They, they, they took his grandmother off the product, and his family ain't going to get no more money. And I hope he sues that Quaker Oats Company into the ground, and, and, and they name a whole new syrup line after his family. Just canceling everything. They're talking about canceling Klondike bars right now because it's offensive to polar bears. (laughs) Because polar bears are near extinct. And and why is an ice cream company pimping them out? Uh, Listen, what would you do for a Klondike bar? I'm going to tell you what, I let them put a polar bear on the cover. I'll unwrap that thing and eat me a good, good piece of ice cream with some chocolate on it. Throwing away Klondike bars. I'm going to tell you one thing. I feel bad for all you Washington Redskins fans. <laughs> no more Washington Redskins. Listen, all, all you Florida Gator fans, the number one cheer in, 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 in the swamp um, is Gator Bait. Da-na. Da-na. Nope, did away with Gator Bait. For the wildest reason ever. Now, listen, I lived in the South my whole life. I don't believe this is factual. But somebody said it, and you can research it. Anybody know why they, why they can't do gator bait anymore? Here's what they said. Now, check this. Now, some of y'all, militant folk, you let me know if you heard this before. I'm, I'm going to give you something. That, uh, now, I know white people are scandalous and have done horrible things, and the, the original sin of this country is slavery, and, and Jim Crow laws was just as bad, and, and, and the hateful treatment that African Americans have received in this country. But I never heard this in my life until they, they did away with gator bait at, at Ben Hill Griffin Stadium. Oh, and they're going to rename every stadium, and the city of Jacksonville is going to be renamed, and all that's going to happen. Cancel culture coming. But... They claim and I talked to Cheryl because she got some insight on it they claim that back in the day, alligator hunters would dangle African-American babies off the side of the boat to lure in alligators. Anybody ever heard that? If you heard man, if you can document that, let me know. But, because I know people are hateful and belligerent, but I' never heard that in my whole life. Of course, I never hunted an alligator either, so. Back to the lesson at hand. Uh, people will just do away with you. They're doing, they're, they're doing away with everything if you don't like it at all. I saw a video on YouTube this week. This guy went through a grocery store, and he, he did away with every product on every shelf. It showed a woman's hands on, on a bottle of some dishwashing liquid. He said, hmm. He said, yeah, look at that. Painting fingernails, woman's hand. That's, that's patriarchal. Why is a woman got to be doing dishes? Cancelled. He threw it as he went. Pick, picked up a bottle of hot sauce. Showed a man wearing a sombrero. Hmm. So, so only, only Mexicans eat hot sauce? That's cultural appropriation. Cancelled. And he just walked through it. He canceled every single product in the whole store. What am I telling you? We live in a time where people won't accept you for the dumbest reason. But if you will give up who you are. To become who God wants you to be, he will accept you. One of the greatest lessons you could ever learn is that God accepts you as you are. See, most people, would never, most people in this room wouldn't stand up and tell us the five worst things you ever did in your life. And I don't recommend that. Not even on testimony night. The Bible says a prudent man conceals knowledge. There's some things you ought to hold. But you wouldn't stand up and tell us the worst things that you've done out of fear we would not accept you. Listen to me good. God knows every bad thing you've ever done, and he loves you anyway. He accepts you just as you are, warts and all, bad spots and all. He knows all the bad things you've done. He knows the bad things you're thinking about right now. He knows the bad things you're planning on doing next month. But he accepts us anyhow. Ephesians 1, 6 says, to the praise of the glory of his grace by which he made us accepted in the beloved i want to tell you something you got a spot at god's table god loves you he puts you in his family and if you don't see value in that then you can't spot a good deal even when you see it i become his child he accepts me oh it'd be great if everyone accepted us for who we are i've been telling you for years if you're gonna love me you're gonna to have to love me in spite of me because i got issues I'm an imperfect person serving a perfect God, and so are you. And I choose to love you in spite of you. I don't care what political party you choose. I don't care what candidate you choose. I don't care what you think about the economy. Uh, if, If you love Jesus, I'm cool with you. And if you don't love Jesus, I'm cool with you anyway, as long as you don't key my car. God accepts us as we most people don't accept us at all. People ask me, uh, uh, my, my sister asked me, she, she said, Pastor, you think you'll ever date again? I said, I can't be involved in that scammering. She said, what, what, what do you mean scammering? I said, all them people going out lying to each other, pretending they like stuff, you know. So hey, think about being on a first date. You got to go out on a date, and the girl's like, I really like hiking. How do you feel about hiking? In my mind, I'm thinking, in the heat. You mean like sleeping on the ground? Man, roughing it to me is, is staying at the Comfort Inn because the Embassy Suites was full. I'm not thinking about hiking, but you know what them dating people, oh, love hiking. People are like, well, I just really like classical music. How do you feel about classical music? I'm like, you talking about like elevator puts you to sleep music? But they're just like, oh, I love it. I, just fakery, fakery. You, you, and do you know why they say all those things? Because they're hoping that that person across from the table will accept them. I come to tell you some good news this morning. God knows you don't like classical music, and God knows you don't want to sleep on a tent on the ground hiking into Florida bugs and heat, but he accepts you anyhow. Can anybody give God praise? Because he loves you in spite. Some of you all like, I love hiking. I'll never come back to this church. i tell you what, hike on out now. Ah, It's it's freeing when you don't preach for approval and you just tell the truth anyhow. But God, eh, listen, I'm going to tell you something. There's so many people. There are people who leave Abundant Life mad and they're like, I never, and I'll never go back. And and I'm like, that doesn't matter to me. You don't accept me. God does. You ought to get that spirit in your mind. People mean at you at work? Ah, who cares? God loves me. People tell you you ain't this, you ain't that. Listen, I already told y'all. Everybody can't be six foot two, two hundred twenty pounds of twisted steel and sex appeal. Somebody got to be five foot nine, two hundred fifteen pounds of cute and cuddly. Stop trying to be everything that you ain't so somebody will like you. If you realize God loves me, nobody else's opinion really matters. Nothing to me. I'm accepted in God's kingdom. Fourth thing. I get to become kept by God and secured by God. In a world where we lose stuff, listen, the older you get, some of y'all just need to put everything on a lanyard. (laughs) (laughs) Dina raised her hands. Dina only loses her keys twice a day. Coming and going. some of y'all can't find your glasses. You can't find your keys. Where's your wallet? Now, now, the funniest thing is, and I just need some admission right now. We're going to get out of here soon. I need some admission right now. Who in the room has ever been looking for their glasses and they was on their head? <laughs> Twelve people raised their hand. Listen, in a world where stuff gets lost, in a world where you can lose things, I want to tell you something. Being kept by God is a great thing. 2 Timothy Chapter 1, verse 12 says, For the which cause I also suffer these things. There's some suffering involved in Christ. Nevertheless, I'm not ashamed, for I know whom I believed, and I'm persuaded that he is able to keep that's what I've committed unto him against that day. I want to tell you something. God will keep you. If you give your life to God, God's going to keep you. When you try to walk away, he's going to keep you. When you fail, he's still going to keep you. When you don't succeed, when you do wrong, he's still going to keep you. John 10, 28 says, and I give to them eternal life and they shall never perish. Neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. I am thankful, hear me good, that I can't mess it up. I'm thankful that I can't mess it up. Everybody in this room was in a relationship with somebody at some point in time, and either you messed it up or they messed it up, and that was the end of it. God don't have an end to how long he's going to keep you. God says that he will keep us, and we will be kept secure. I commit my life to him. He keeps me. He gives me salvation that nobody can take Away. If you don't see that's a good deal, you just can't see a good deal when it's right in front of you. Fifth and last thing, I get to have access to God. Oh, and I love this. I love this. I tell you one thing. I'm 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 different on so many levels. I've been a Boston Celtics fan my whole life. The Boston Celtics winningest basketball team in basketball history. They've had lots of champions, lots of Hall of Famers. They got lots of numbers hanging in the rafter. And when people ask me who my favorite Boston Celtic of all time is, they are shocked by my answer. Uh, Elder Keon gave me a nice plaque one time. Uh, who's Who's the best champion Boston Celtic, Elder? Bill Russell. Now, you know, you're going to have a favorite Boston Celtic uh, ought to be Bill Russell. Uh, every racist in the room who's a Boston Celtic, uh, who, who's, every, who's every white racist favorite Boston Celtic? Well, y'all just don't let everybody know you're racist. Keep your card in your pocket every now and then. We just eyeballed all nine of y'all. And I told y'all from day one, racists can't go to heaven. Some people think I'm going to say Bill Russell or Larry Bird. Uh, nah, I ain't trying to be with Bill Russell or Larry Bird. I, I'm, I'm just different on, on so many different levels. My favorite, all-time, without question, nobody even close. And listen, for those of y'all who don't know, he's the 15th leading all-time scorer in NBA history. He finished second in the slam dunk competition in, high, in college only because Vince Carter was in it or he would have finished first. Um, He led the league in points one year. Didn't get the scoring title only because on a technicality, Kobe beat him out. uh, And that's why I don't like the Lakers. But my favorite Boston Celtic of all time is who? Paul Pierce. Y'all like what? Who likes Paul Pierce? I like Paul Pierce. Paul Pierce is my favorite basketball player of all time. Listen, I get, I got a, I got a fat head. I got a six foot eight fat head outside my bedroom door in my loft I go to sleep high five I walk into my bedroom I got Kobe and I got Paul Pierce and then I got my door boom boom door handle but you know what for all the love I have for Kobe even though he's a Laker I just can't deny him and for Paul Pierce I have well nobody's got access to Kobe rest in peace uh but I have no you know if I could get Paul Pierce's phone number he wouldn't take my call Nobody ever propped Paul Pierce up harder than me in life. Nobody ever defended Paul Pierce harder than me in life. Nobody got a, I got the only Paul Pierce fat head in the whole world. I'm telling you, nobody got a fat head of Paul Pierce in their loft but me. But you know how much access, if I got his phone number for somebody and I called him, you think he'd hang out with me on the phone? He would not. Your favorite political person, your favorite TV person, your favorite celebrity person. Listen, some, some of you got your favorite, whoever it is. Uh, you really think Beyonce going to spend time with you on the phone? No. You, you really think whoever your favorite pray? they're not. But I'm going to tell you something. If you give your life to God, you have full-time, 24-7 access to the one true and living God. And he says you can talk to him anytime you want to. He don't get tired of hearing your voice. Oh, this is a good deal. Ephesians 2, 18 says, for through him we both have, now the both is talking about Jew and Gentile, we both have access by one spirit unto the Father. Here's a fact, and I'll get out of here. The average father, according to every study ever made, comes up with the same result. The average father spends less than 60 seconds a day in direct communication with his child. I hope you're doing better than that, men. Less than 60 seconds a day. Now, now some of that is because some dads go to work before the kid gets up and come home after the kid goes to sleep. But most dads don't spend enough time with their children. We understand that if you give your life to God, you got 24 access to your heavenly father. So so here's what I get. I get to become a child of God. I get to be an heir of God. I get to be a joint heir with Jesus. I get to be accepted by God, kept by God, secured by God, and have access to God all the time. Now, a package deal like that would have to cost a lot of money. A package deal like that would have to come at a huge premium, and it did. But I didn't have to pay any of the price because the Bible says Jesus paid the price for us. God showed his love to us while we were yet sinners. Christ died for us. Jesus died for us because the Bible says that the payment for sin is death. Well, what did Jesus do? He died. He purchased all of these benefits for me. The price has been paid. You just have to grab hold of it. So I want to ask you in closing today. Are you truly taking advantage of the access you have for God? Are you truly taking advantage of everything that God has for you? Are you walking in these blessings? Are you resting in the everlasting arms? Are you realizing that God loves you? Do you ever think about the fact that he's your father and you are in the will? Do you think about the fact that the one true God allowed you to know who he is? We could be Muslims on our way to hell working hard for a religion that's false. But we're serving the one true God who said that he has a place for us in his kingdom. I don't know if you can spot a good deal when you see one, but I know I can. Listen, I wasn't hunting a bargain when I came to Christ, but I realized I got the better end of the stick. I realized he took the less and gave me the best. He took the road of suffering to give me the road of comfort. All I had to do was give up my sin, my depression, my guilt, my shame, my stain. All I had to do was give up on the the life that I had and exchange for all these great things that he has for me. And so I want to ask you today, have you made that exchange? Have you given up who you are to receive who he is? Because the Bible says if you'll do that, you'll become a child of God if you receive him. If you ever thought that you get a good deal anywhere in the world, you think Walmart's got a good deal for you, you think they're rolling back prices, you think buy one, good, one free is a good deal, I'm going to tell you something. There's never been a better deal than you giving up your life to get his life. The Bible says, he who knew no sin became sin for us, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. You give up your sin, you get Jesus' righteousness. You give up your life, you get eternal life. 39 years ago, I gave up on who I was. And and it wasn't saying much at the time, and it's still not saying much. But I received something bigger than I could have ever worked for, bigger than I ever could have accomplished. I received the breath of God inside of me. I received the Spirit of God on the inside of me. I gained access to the one true and living God. And if you will give up your life for Him, you're going to get everything He has. So here's my question, and I'm done. What's in you? that's worth holding on to so hard that you can't get what God has for you? What do you see about you that you can't give up to gain heaven? What is it that you think you need to hold on to so hard that you would rather have that than everything that God has for you? I told you, everyone in this room today needs to fall totally in love with God. We need to give ourselves completely to God. If you're here and you're unsaved, the Bible says if you'll call on the name of the Lord, He'll save you. If you're here and you are saved, the Bible says if you'll confess your sins, He's faithful and just to forgive you of your sins and cleanse you from all unrighteousness. So here's the great news. Everyone in this room is only one prayer away from being perfectly right with God. You're only one prayer away from having access to all the good things that God wants to give you. You're only one prayer away from being who God put you on this planet to be. All you got to do is call out and ask him to forgive you. All you got to do is call out and ask him to fill you with his spirit. All you got to do is call out and tell him you'd rather have him than you. But you got to give up on you. Now, if you think that your life without Him is better than your life with Him, then you need to do some searching. And you need to look deeper into the true meaning of life. Before you leave here today, I hope everybody in this room will make a decision for God to say, I'd rather have Jesus than anything. Pray with me. God, thank you for your love. Thank you for your word. God, I pray that you would let us see. You give us more than we give up. I pray, God, that you'd let us see all the great things, all the benefits that come with being your children. God, I pray that you would revive us. I pray that you would empower us. God, I pray that you would fill us with your spirit and give us a passion for righteousness, God. Give us a hunger and a thirst for your word. Help us, God, to love you more than we love ourselves. God, I pray that you'd save the lost, recover the backslider. God, I pray that you would give us a passion to go from this place different changed accepting everything that you give us god today i commit my life to you fresh and new i give up on everything that i have god to accept everything that you have for me and i pray that others will do the same in jesus name amen thank you for listening